1: Paying tribute to the life and ministry of Dr. Mark Allison. Dr. Allison passed away on Monday the 26th of April following an almost three-year battle with a brain tumour. Dr. Allison served as pastor in Malvern for 16 years from 2000 through to 2016. During that time his voice was heard on this programme on WFIL as he preached Christ in all his fullness. I do hope that today's programme does indeed give glory to God, for God called this man, gifted this man, and used this man in many of your lives. May God be pleased to bless his word to your hearts today, and we do thank you for taking the time to listen. Well, please turn your Bibles to Isaiah chapter 61. Of course, this portion Taken by Christ Himself, pointing to His life and ministry under the anointing of the Spirit of God. And so here we're reading about the work of Christ, the Messiah. Isaiah 61, verse 1 The Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings unto the meek. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and the opening of the prison to them that are bound to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn, to appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, to give unto them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, and that he might be glorified. And they shall build the old wastes, and they shall raise up the former desolations, And they shall repair the waste cities, the desolations of many generations. And strangers shall stand and feed your flocks, and the sons of the aliens shall be your ploughmen and your vine dressers. But ye shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you the ministers of our God. You shall eat the riches of the Gentiles, and in their glory shall ye boast yourselves. Amen. May God bless His Word in our hearing tonight for His. The, M-Sec. the news broke on Monday evening of the passing of our, our dear brother, the Reverend Dr. Mark Allison. And whilst we understood his condition was deteriorating, yet there was still an element of surprise when the news came. Of course, it is after an almost three-year battle with the brain tumour, Um, We have prayed with him and the family all along those months. Over 30 years, indeed almost 40 years, he served Christ in our denomination in this uh, Free Presbyterian Church. He served as the academic dean of the Theological Hall from the 1990s through to 2000. And of course in 2000 he came here to Malvern to serve for 16 years as pastor of this congregation before making his way back down to Greenville to take up the presidency of Geneva Reformed Seminary. The Reverend Mook, in his comments to our presbytery, and by way of email this week, said this, He has been a warm friend, an earnest and faithful expounder of the Scriptures, and a stalwart defender of the gospel against all who compromise it and all who depart from it. And I know you can echo those words, 16 years. And again, serving in this congregation, many of you had the benefit of, again, his exposition of Scripture and his standing for the truth. I'm mindful tonight that this congregation feels the loss of a man who was loved and served here for many years. And I felt it was appropriate that we take some time to reflect upon this and to be thankful and to be considering what the Lord would say to us at this occasion. Turn just briefly, please, to Philippians chapter 2. We'll turn back to Isaiah 61 very shortly. But in Philippians chapter 2, we have a very poignant insight into the personal relationships known between a pastor and his people. And in Philippians 2, there is... Again, reference made to this gentleman called Epaphroditus, held by most to be one who served as a pastor in the Philippian congregation. And in verse number 25, it says this, Yet I suppose it necessary to send to you, Epaphroditus, my brother and companion in labor and fellow soldier, but your messenger, and that's the sense that he was their pastor, uh, the messenger of God to their souls. And he that ministered to my wants, For he longed after you all and was full of heaviness because that he had heard, sorry, because that ye had heard that he had been sick. For indeed he was sick nigh unto death, but God had mercy on him and not on him only, but on me also, lest I should have sorrow upon sorrow. Paphroditus was with the apostle Paul and Paphroditus was concerned as the Philippian believers had heard that he was sick, indeed sick unto death, Epaphroditus at this occasion does indeed survive and lives on. But in this interaction, in the words of this epistle, we see there is an acknowledgement that his death would provoke sorrow for Paul and for the Philippian church. And there is no censure or rebuke for that sorrow. It is simply acknowledged that is indeed what would have happened. Had he died, Paul would have had sorrow upon sorrow. Had he died, the Philippian believers would have known profound sorrow. We do rightly rejoice in the Lord's grace in Dr. Allison's life. We rightly rejoice that for him it is far better But it is entirely appropriate and proper to feel sorrow at this time. And so in light of Philippians chapter 2, I do believe it is appropriate for us to take some time, and where better than in a family prayer meeting, take the time to consider again what the Lord did in our brother's life and through his ministry. And so very simply, I want to begin just by giving some reflections upon Dr. Allison I do acknowledge that many of you knew Dr. Allison much better than I did. I'm thankful that in recent years I did get to spend significant time with him as we worked together as supporting elders in Toronto on the mission board and also in the youth camp. So as I reflect upon him, and again, you knew him better than I do, but the text that came to my mind was here in Isaiah chapter 61 and the verse number three. And it is the reference to trees of righteousness. And I think that is a very appropriate reference to your brother. He was truly a tree of righteousness. John Gill, the commentator, says this regarding that particular phrase, referring to these trees, well planted, whose root is in Christ, whose sap is the Spirit and his grace. And whose fruit are good works, and that they might appear to be good trees and of a good growth and stature, and be laden with the fruits of righteousness, and be truly righteous persons, made so by the imputation of Christ's righteousness to them, the planting of the Lord, planted by him in Christ and in his church, and so never to be rooted out, a tree of righteousness." The passage in Isaiah 61, I've said, is in the context of gospel promises. It is a promise of the coming Messiah, who with the power of the Spirit of God upon Him will come and preach good tidings and will bring deliverance to the captives, gospel deliverance, freedom from sin's dominion, and set free to serve the Lord. In other words, Isaiah 61 is describing those who have been saved They are those who have mourned for their sins. They are those who have been heavy, but by God's grace they've come to know the garment of praise. The gospel brings a new song, and the mourning, the heaviness, is replaced with joy. And all true believers then, they can be described as trees of righteousness. And so in speaking of Dr. Allison, I am not seeking to elevate him in such a way that is not appropriate. This is what God does in all believers, but he, he manifests grace in his life. He showed it. He was indeed a tree of righteousness, and that was displayed in his life and in his ministry. And as we reflect upon our brother, we are reminded once more of the source, the source of such a godly life, Verse number 3, that they might be called trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord. There's the source of all spiritual fruit planted by the Lord. He preached free grace because he knew free grace in his life. He understood and would testify that he was what he was by the grace of God. He understood that left to himself, he would have remained lost and in darkness, but it was God's grace that took him and planted him in Christ. And so whatever else we believe about our brother, we do testify that this was a man saved by grace. He was a saved man. And for that, we give God all the glory and all the praise. In sovereign electing choice, he picked this man, set him apart, sanctify him in the spirit of God and set on a path of usefulness in the service of Christ, a saved man. Hence, tonight we know he is with his Saviour. For those who are called are glorified. And we rejoice in the truth that he is now with the spirits of just men made perfect, a tree of righteousness, a just tree, now now a spirit made perfect and with his Saviour. The source of a godly life is the grace of God. The standing of a godly life is also seen in this text, trees of righteousness. Righteousness. We find ourselves studying these portions, and you wonder, well, what is being referred to here in terms of righteousness? Well, let me turn you to Jeremiah chapter 23. And in Jeremiah 23, I believe, we have a parallel to Isaiah 61. Isaiah 61, the promise of a coming Messiah, one who will be Spirit anointed. And here in Jeremiah 23, we have one coming. Verse 5, Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will raise unto David a righteous branch, and a king shall reign and prosper, and shall execute judgment and justice in the earth. Oh, the language is different, but the sentiment is the same. Isaiah is saying, Here is one coming in the spirit of God. Here is one coming to rule and to reign in righteousness. And here we find in Jeremiah's language, it is indeed one, a king, a son of David. The Messiah predicted in Isaiah chapter 61 is the Messiah who is the son of David. And thus, verse number 6 says, In his days Judah shall be saved. And Israel shall dwell safely. And this is his name whereby he shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Jehovah sukenyu. That is the assurance of righteousness. The trees of righteousness in Isaiah chapter 61. They stand because they have the Lord as their righteousness. An alien righteousness imputed to them, received by faith alone. This is gospel salvation they shall be saved and they shall be called the lord or righteousness the trees of righteousness in isaiah 61 yes there are those who are planted and there are those who are saved and they stand they stand accepted in the beloved daughter alison loved to preach this and he loved to preach it because he believed it in his soul He knew that every time he stood in the pulpit, he stood as a tree of righteousness covered in Christ's perfect righteousness. He preached it, and it was his experience. And therefore, on Monday evening, as his soul departed from his body, there was no condemnation. Not a flicker of condemnation as he enters the presence of his Saviour. There is now no condemnation. And for those who are trees of righteousness, there can never be condemnation. No purgatory for our brother. Oh, he hated purgatory, didn't he? He hated anything to do with all the errors of Rome. And he preached much against the errors of Rome. And praise God, he went directly into the presence of his Savior. Because he stood stood as a tree of righteousness, accepted in Christ Jesus. So you see here the source of a godly life, the standing of a godly life, and thirdly, the stability of a godly life. This reference to trees of righteousness. The word trees here is translated Oaks in chapter 1 and the verse number 29. This is not a reference to a fragile, wavering sapling, but a sturdy, stable tree standing in Christ Jesus. But a tree that is founded in righteousness and stands in Christ is a tree that brings forth the fruits of personal righteousness. Theologically, we believe that you cannot be justified without being sanctified. Theologically, we believe that all who are justified are sanctified. They, They produce the fruits of righteousness. And so it was for our dear brother. He was a man marked by personal righteousness, and a righteousness that was stable. It's one of the things that I was struck with in my knowledge and time with him, he was a stable man. He didn't waver. He held his convictions, and he held them to the end. He was a man marked by tremendous integrity. He was careful as to what he would say. I really valued the time, I saw him working with the young people in our youth camp. And young people, you can say, and you can testify that he wanted you to think properly, but he also had a burden that you lived right. And so when times came, we had to draw people aside in camp, and I was there on some of those occasions with grace, and sometimes with tears, he would look in the eyes of some young people and warn them. And God urged them that they would pursue righteousness, a life of righteousness, moral integrity. He was a man marked by charity. He really loved the people here. A number of times the chance to visit with him in the last few years, he loved the people in Malvern. And that, again, was his testimony when it came to the students under his care. He had a heart of charity, integrity, charity, fidelity. His faith endured in times of trials. Those of you who were here during the 16 years of his ministry will testify that those years were not easy years. He confronted many challenges in the work of God. And then, of course, in recent years, he had the challenge of a very severe illness. One that immediately he knew could have the most serious ramifications. And yet, as you will testify, those of you who met him in recent times, he maintained this cheerful and contented spirit, believing that Jesus does all things well. I'm not trying to eulogize a man falsely. That's not my purpose. You know that. I'm simply stating what things were true. These are just factual reflections upon a man who lived as a sinner who would freely acknowledge his own faults and yet as a man who sought to walk with God and did so with marked stability. So we've seen the source of a godly life and the standing of a godly life. What about the service of a godly life? Trees are given by God to be useful to be fruitful. And the trees of righteousness in verse number 3 are then said to perform functions. Verse number 4, they shall build the old wastes. They shall raise up the former desolations, repair the waste cities. Even down in verse number 6, you shall be named the priests of the Lord. Men shall call you ministers of our gods. Here are those who are saved by grace who, who are then useful in service. Oh, the Lord, the Lord used our brother to serve his own family. Again, our hearts go out to his wife and daughter. They, above all, will testify to his fruitfulness in their lives. May God continue to bless and protect them. But looking at more broadly than his own family, we do acknowledge again his fruitfulness in a pastoral sense. Saints were edified and sinners were evangelized under his ministry. He had a tremendous intellect. What a mind. He just began to talk to this man and just humbled by the size of his intellect and his grasp of biblical truth and Christian doctrine. It's a tremendous blessing that he had that intellect and it was combined with a heart of compassion, pastoral compassion. Several have spoken about how they appreciated his one-on-one counseling and pastoral ministry in their lives. In times of crisis, he was readily available and came alongside your hearts, prayed with you, counseled you from the things of God with patience and compassion. I acknowledge that because this was, for a very large part of his ministry, this was his congregation. And it is important that you reflect upon that and thank the Lord for it. It's proper to do so. To thank the Lord for what he's done in your life through the Lord's servant. When I think of his ministry, though, I've said this already, I, I think of him as one who loved to preach justification by grace alone. Jehovah said, can you? I remember hearing him preach in Balaamena in Ballymenon 2012 on Galatians 2.20. You know, living by faith the faith of the Son of God, that sense of our standing in Christ and how that then leads into Christian service. It is that message that edifies saints and evangelizes sinners. It is the gospel of Christ who came as Jehovah said, Ken you, the Lord, our righteousness. And that was his pastoral fruitfulness. He also knew much fruitfulness in a missional sense, serving as chairman of a mission board for several years, Involved in many areas of service Particularly of course the work in Liberia It was him hearing of the potential And taking all the time to do all of those visits That laid the foundation for the work of God That continues there in Liberia at this point The radio ministry, the new school about to begin Again in many ways the Lord used Dr. Allison To lay a foundation for those things And we give God the glory for that of course, also, he knew much fruitfulness in the educational sense, his work, again, in the theological hall in the, uh, the 90s, and then also more recently in Geneva Reform Seminary. He has left a legacy there of ongoing fruitfulness. Courses have been recorded. Notes have been left. I certainly say I've lent heavily on his notes in some of the courses that I've taken in recent times the service of a godly man. I hope you're joining with me as we reflect upon this term, a tree of righteousness, that it is indeed a suitable and appropriate way to think about our brother and to give God the glory for first planting him in Christ Jesus. But having made those reflections upon our brother, I want to just simply bring some responses to this to your attention tonight Thankfulness, yes. Worship. But there are three particular areas that I really urge you to pray about tonight as we think about our brother. I think I can say with confidence that these are things that he would want you to pray about as you reflect upon his life. He would want you to pray for souls to come to know Jehovah's Witnesses. He understood that Isaiah chapter 61 being fulfilled in Christ was the ministry of the apostolic age. That as Christ was anointed, so the apostles were anointed, and so we need that anointing. So that souls who are poor and brokenhearted and captives, so that such souls would come to know Christ you know, they have beauty for ashes and the oil of joy for mourning. You see, the foundation for spiritual usefulness is salvation. We want souls to be useful in the kingdom, but the foundation for that is that they are saved. Trees come as souls are planted in Christ by grace. Note again that phrase, the planting of the Lord. We need to pray tonight for God to plant souls. Those we pray for, those we've come to love, may God plant them. Pray for souls to know Jehovah said, can you? I think we should also pray in the second place that the saints would grow into oaks. That by God's grace... Every believer in this congregation and those we love would come growing in maturity, being firm in doctrine and stable in practice. And the tremendous need is that we are strong in Christ Jesus, mature in Christ Jesus. And though the world's morality will change day by day, we will not change. And that as young people grow in our congregation, we need to pray that there'll be oaks of righteousness, that under the pressure of the winds of the world to conform to all manner of moral insanity, we'll have young believers, your spokes of righteousness. Our brother left that legacy. And certainly, as I thought of our young people and the youth camp coming up in a few months' time, I thought what a what a legacy it would be if the young people, at our youth camp this year, would be marked in the years to come by such maturity and stability. That they be useful in the service of Christ Jesus. We need to pray for that and pray for servants to carry on the preaching of Dr. Allison's Christ. The passing of a man of God of great ability and usefulness is sorely felt by our denomination once more. It is only by God's grace that such men are planted and are raised and are then made useful in the service of Christ. So please, pray for these things tonight. That as we give God the glory and give, all, give God all the praise for our dear brother, that we'd properly respond. Pray over these things for the glory of Christ's name.